Guess who's back? Back again. It's us, the Oscorsi Podcast. And, Boy. Uh, we're here. We're doing we're a here. show. We're it's do, a thing. We're doing a thing. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Thing. All the things. All Joyous. The things. Uh, all right. So a couple weeks ago, Jonathan wasn't with us. So we're going to take our cold open here to get Jonathan's opinions on the 2004 Best Picture winner, Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. Jingle, so, jingle. Yeah. How did we like Million Dollar Baby? It was a film of a lot of unnecessary. Mm. How do you mean? <laughs> so it didn't need the narration at fucking all. And don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to Morgan Freeman read the Silmarillion. But it just it did not feel necessary. Um, not I mean, it, there was just a lot of it that just kind of was like... Danger was a completely useless fucking character whose only point in the entire movie, I think, was so that Clint Eastwood could write in somebody saying the fucking N-word. <laughs> <laughs> Going all Quentin Tarantino on it. <laughs> no, no, just being, just being fucking Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that being said, I mean, it, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time watching it, but it's just kind of like... Come the fuck on. <laughs> so with the like narration most of the movie, <laughs> when, when it's like revealed to be a letter to the daughter, you, did that make you like it, sigh out loud or something? Or? Basically, like it's just like, oh, look, you're trying to justify this. Like, no, no, mm. it, and that like the daughter thing was completely fucking pointless. And as much as I mm. enjoyed the uh, conversations with the uh, priest and completely unfucking necessary too. Oh, I mean, no, I, I, I completely disagree. I, no, that. Again, I enjoyed it. I just never saw the fucking point. Like, why are we pissed off, dude? Like when, like you're obviously a praying man. Why are we pissed off? I like, it's just, you found the whole movie pointless is what you're saying. Not the whole movie. Like I enjoyed like the a story. I enjoyed. I really did. There wasn't much of a B story, just a bunch of, old guys that are just like ah, i used to be a boxer and i lost an eye and then i used to like train in boxers and but i don't touch girls <laughs> just, <laughs> like again not a bad movie just a lot of unnecessary shit danger just as a whole was just completely unfucking necessary i, I like if, danger I, I liked the character danger like that's the thing is a lot of this stuff is stuff that i enjoyed i i i liked danger the character but it was unnecessary. Like it just, you only got that. Like, oh, that's why, because Danger was there so that Morgan Freeman can get his hundred and tenth. Cool. Yeah. He, he also he also has like the early bits of Eastwood's compassion uh, towards him. Yeah, I think no, he's an example. You know, the way, like they stay in the in the narration. He's the only example of a fighter that was all all heart. So it's like. He, he's yeah. maybe he's a plot device in that sense, but and then that's again that's 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 to it just feels like a lot of these things are justifications for saying something or doing something at one point. Sure, like he he was all heart because they needed to justify that you know just having all heart doesn't means that you're just going to get beat the shit out of um like or yep. I think that was pretty much the line um, essentially. But again, I and there was nobody I didn't like in the movie. I at all really i don't think everybody did a good job was this your first time seeing it i couldn't remember it was yep yep mm -hmm. yep uh it was one that i just kind of was like 
I want to watch this because I like boxing, but I only like boxing when it's not just hugging. So when you get boxing movies, <laughs> it's a lot of punching. So I'm like, I, I enjoy the shit out of that. Mm. Yeah. And they, the boxing scenes were a lot great. of the hugging. Yeah. So all in all, I mean, a good movie. One one that I enjoyed, but just a lot of it was two hours and twelve minutes long. There's twelve minutes I would have cut from that movie to give it an exact two hours. Not bad. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll use that to get your worsty judgments on it. So mm -hmm. did this film deserve to win best picture? Who was it up against? We had sideways. We had finding Neverland Ray Ray and the aviator aviator should have won it. Sideways is a movie that I'm like, I appreciate. I just, not a fan personally. I remember Paul probably gave that like all of the okays. <laughs> I remember him loving the shit out of Sideways when it came out. Yeah, and uh, I watched it the week we did that episode, and I loved the shit out of it then too. I, I'd imagine you did. Best film in 2004. Yeah. So, did it deserve it? Uh, it's it's another, and I feel like we're in the era of Oscar bait at this point. We haven't left that era. Um, but it, it's, it does feel very Oscar manipulative, but yeah, I think, I think it deserved it. Uh, I mean, the aviator probably should have been the one to take it. Um, but it, I, I feel like it probably did deserve at least a nomination. So if you deserve a nomination and you win, there's a good chance you're probably going to deserve that best picture win. All right. So our other question, is this the worst best picture? Not even close. Um, where did I, I'm actually trying to place it right now. I would probably, let's see, move it up here. Uh, not that good. Uh, <laughs> 29. Oh, okay. Uh, in between terms of endearment and the sting. I think that's right in between where Paul and I had it. Yeah. I have yeah. it at 37. Nice. And I had it around 30, somewhere around there, <laughs> even though. I think Paul uh, spoke highly of it more than I did. It's just the way I've rated other films, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, I yeah. got it. I got yeah, it in a stinky four and a half stars, so it's sitting down <laughs> thirty-seven. Yeah, Aviator is a good pick too. So yeah. yeah. So thank you. Yeah, we had um, lots of good thoughts on that, and glad to add Jonathan's to it. Well, let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie. All you beautiful people out there in podcast land, my name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And it's your boy, Trav. Hi, yeah. Trav. Hi, Trav. Trav. Hey. I wasn't hey. sure if I was supposed to come in or not until Paul gave me the look. <laughs> this motherfucker has edited how many of our freaking podcasts where we <laughs> always so. tell the guest, hey, this is where you come in. He's yeah. like, I don't know if I'm supposed to come in at this point. <laughs> Didn't even so listen. we'll take that to welcome you to the Oscar Wrestling <laughs> Podcast, a show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what are we watching this week, Zach? What is this? A crossover episode? Martin Scorsese crafts a tense game of cat and mouse on the mean streets of Boston, and look out, Jack's got a big black dildo! <laughs> 
Bro, the fact that Zach couldn't say it the way he wanted to say it without doing the shoulder shrug, even though nobody else could see the shoulder shrug, was the icing on the cake of that whole thing. My favorite part is I don't think he said the departed at all. <laughs> You're right. He did it. Today's episode title, Jack's Big Black Cock. Oh, God. I, nice I was cow. also like, is it Jack White or Jack Nicholson? I think I smell a rat. <laughs> <laughs> Still shrugging. The uh, departed. The departed. I also believe this is not the first movie with Jack Nicholson holding a dildo. That's probably true. Sure, there's many home videos. I think it's like a <laughs> Tuesday for him. <laughs> oh Lord. All right. Is this everybody's first time seeing the departed? No. no. Nah. Nah. The Any, anybody want to regale us with their first time? I think I watched it with you. <laughs> That's a possibility. Yeah. I don't have so a story. We're in, we're in that era of watching movies with Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is one I saw in theaters twice. Uh, went and saw with uh, <laughs> with Caitlin, and <laughs> she actually stood up at a certain part of the movie and walked out of the theater. <laughs> I think we know what part then is. But then she was secretly standing in the hall, so we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> that with is arms crossed. <laughs> uh, I went and saw this with Leanne Ooh. and my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I I almost forgot this story until the other day when I when I turned it on and I was like, oh yeah, I went and saw this with my mom, <laughs> who my mom has never shown any interest in any kind of gangster film. I think my dad was probably. Uh, somewhere overseas at the time. Mm. And uh, I was like, oh, we're we're talking about going to see The Departed sometime when it comes out this week. And I was like, oh, that looks really interesting. Can I go see that with you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> she loved it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Which is the weirdest part <laughs> of this whole... <laughs> Again, I've never seen seen her show any interest in anything like this, and suddenly she's like, "Oh, that that was a great movie." Oh, so there you go, so there you go. All right, well, let's do an Oscar breakdown. It is a quarrelsome February twenty fifth, two thousand seven. <laughs> it's a missed opportunity. Oh no! What should I have done? Like it was a wicked wet Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> wicked. <laughs> Get uh, off we, my dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. Say chow dear. <laughs> oh, Lord. It's going to turn into all Simpsons references for the rest of the episode. Uh, we are at, still at the Kodak Theater in Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. Our host this evening is Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, our most nominated film on the evening is Dream Girls at 8. Dream Girls. We're your dream girls. Oh. Mm. Uh, and our most awarded film on the evening is The Departed at four. Is that Best two pick- years in a row for Marty? Or no, was there a year skip? There's a year skip. Uh, okay. All right. Aviator yeah. was 04, and okay. he didn't have an 05 film. You know what it was? It's because I missed last week. Not a narrative. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, our Best Picture, Departed, gives Graham King uh, an Academy Award for producing. Beating out Babel, Letters from Iwo Jima, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Queen. Now, 
Drummle, our Oscar bridesmaid, is now a bride. <laughs> Yay! But yeah, Marty's finally got his uh, Academy Award for directing after yeah. how many? Uh, Thirty seven? years since his first nomination in mm. 1976. That's crazy. He got screwed so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too many times. Uh, best actor goes to Forrest Whitaker for The Last King of Scotland, beating out Leonardo DiCaprio, but not for this film, for Blood Diamond. Yeah, bling bang. I can't believe both uh, those movies came out in the same year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Leonardo DiCaprio did not want to be in competition with his with his uh, co-stars for The Departed, so he declined to do an Oscar campaign for this movie. Funny. Wow. For which movie? For The Departed. The Departed. And yet, none of them campaigned for it. Then so uh, I'm not. What sh- made him pick Blood Diamond? Because was the other movie yeah. that came out that year. Yeah. No, I know, but what made him pick Blood Diamond over The Departed? He didn't want to go up against what uh, Marky. Yeah, and I, I, I think there's Damon or Matt. Uh, yeah, uh, or Jack or Jack. Uh, I think there's a, a very clear delineation for Blood Diamond where you could make him the lead or Jaimon the lead, and both right. of them get nominated. But we'll get yeah. to that in a second. Okay. Uh, our best actress goes to Helen Mirren for The Queen. Damn. And uh, I, I know I say this often, but I really mean it this year. Judy Dench should have won for Notes on a Scandal. Double Dame. I've never seen either of those movies, but I've always mm. wanted to. Notes on a Scandal is excellent. Mm. Uh, Dench and Kate Blanchett are incredible <laughs> in it. Mm-hmm. No shame in a dame. But uh, Judy Dench isn't showy. There's no quantitative acting. So gotcha. uh, <laughs> they give it to Helen Mirren, who, who's really good in The Queen. Don't get me wrong. Uh, best supporting actor goes to Alan Arkin in Little Miss Sunshine. Such a good movie. That is a great and, movie. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Mac. Mackie is Mac. Now, Oscar nominee Mackie Mac for The Departed. Uh, Eddie Murphy, nominated for Dream Girls, loses to Alan Arkin and leaves the ceremony. Are you serious? Uh, really? I forgot about that. Wow. Uh, yeah, it yeah, is I'm thought. It is thought because in February, or early February of uh, 2007, there's a little film release called Norbit. Okay. Yeah. So what does that got to do with anything? Uh, that, Academy voters are Academy. dumb. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Academy voters are often very dumb. It's the end. If they see if they see that kind of buffoonery in a movie while someone's nominated for an Academy Award, they go. Well, I mean, if they're going to do Norbit, do they really deserve an Academy Award? No, it's but, the same what, reason why Sandler did not win for Uncut Gems. Yeah, no, no, not that. I'm asking why that still makes him leave the ceremony, though. Oh, no, he was probably just being pissy. Okay. Yeah, probably. It's Eddie Murphy. Who knows? Yeah, I just thought there was, I thought you were saying there's like some sort of connection to. Oh, no, no, no. There's yeah, no, no connection. No, that makes sense two. all the time. Now, that happens. Yeah. yeah. You know, comedians are hard to switch over and be taken serious. Yeah. Without their past work being brought up. Yeah. Or oh, their current I mean, work. Check out the two liter back here. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it costs the same as a smaller one and no, no, split I'm it up over the weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, no joke. Best supporting actress goes to Jennifer Hudson for Dream Girls, uh, who is the 15th person to win an Academy Award 
for their debut role in a film. Beautiful. Beautiful indeed. Best original screenplay goes to Little Miss Sunshine. Nice. Uh, I'd say that's pretty deserved. Mm-hmm. I thought it should have gone to Pan's Labyrinth. It yeah! should have, but I still think I'm not mad Little Miss Sunshine won. No, I love that movie. Honestly, that's my number three in that category. Wow. Mm. What are the others, if, if you don't mind? Uh, the rest of the category is Babel, Letters from Iwo Jima, and The Queen. Mm. Outside of Pan's Labyrinth. We will uh, we'll get there. I'm going to save that note for when I do the thing later. Mm-hmm. All right. Our best adapted screenplay goes to The Padded, giving William Padded. Monaghan an Academy Award based on the film Infernal Affairs. Boy, Those William. Men should have won that one. I don't disagree, but I disagree. I get it, but we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Best animated feature Ugh. goes to Happy Feet. Giving, <laughs> giving Mad preach. Max director George Miller an Academy Award. <laughs> oh, so weird. Best foreign language film goes to The Lives of Others from Germany. That's a mm. great film. Yes. Best documentary should have won that. I also agree. Mm. Uh, best documentary feature goes to An Inconvenient Truth. Which is <laughs> Algorithm. <laughs> I was going to wait for that joke till the end. Right. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the greatest horror film of all time is the best documentary feature. Jesus camp. Nice. <laughs> watch that movie. It yeah. is horrible. Yeah, oh, I've seen stuff that, based on the same subject matter. I've never seen that, but I know them shit. It's fucked. Yep. Them shits fucked. Them shits them, is fucked. Them shits sure. fucked. Quote you know, on and, the DVD case. Hey, anytime <laughs> they torture the, anytime they try to torture the gay out of you, it's fucked. You know what I mean? Ugh. So. Oh, there's a horror movie coming out. I don't know if it's this year or next year called They Slash Them. Uh huh. And it's about that. Is it an wow. actual oh. horror movie? Or are you just saying that? Yeah, it's an actual okay. horror okay. movie. I sometimes, bro, I don't know. Fair. <laughs> 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 uh, best documentary short subject goes to The Blood of the Yingzhou District. Mm. Best live action short film goes to West Bank Story. Oh. Uh, best animated short film goes to The Danish Poet. Somehow, somehow beating out the Scrat film, No Time for Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, No Time for Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> best original score goes to Babel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh best original song goes to I Need to Wake Up from an Inconvenient Truth, giving Melissa Etheridge an Academy Award. <laughs> Beating out three songs from Dream Girls. Yeah. I, I want to point this out because next week I'm going to have a note about this. Okay. okay. So I'm planting it there. Uh so, yeah, Dreamgirls had three original songs, and none of them won Best Original Song. Best Sound Editing goes to Letters from Iwo Jima. So pissed Children of Men didn't even get a fucking nomination for this one. Yeah, that one's kind of weird. That... Best Sound Mixing goes to Dreamgirls. Best Art Direction goes to Pan's Labyrinth, because it because of course. Uh, no, <laughs> I do like Prestige got nominated for that, though. Yeah. 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 Best Cinematography... Goes to Pan's Labyrinth, giving Guillermo Navarro an Academy Award. 
Nice. This is one of the... This, I can't get past the cinematography category. I, I know it's my favorite category, but this one's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, tell us, Media Daddy. Uh, <laughs> yes. The uh, the Black Dahlia. Okay. Which is Vilmos Digmon. Mm. Uh, children of Man. Children uh, Children of Men, which is Emmanuel Lubezki. I like Children of Man better, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that new documentary on uh, Netflix, isn't it? Because that... Does nobody know what I'm talking about? No idea. Probably not. It's about this dude that... Um, they all these daughters or whatever got together. Oh, found out oh. they all have the same dad, but I forgot the number. The donor, the donor it's doctor the donor, guy. Yeah, uh, yeah and, okay. and he's got like possibly like over two hundred children in this like uh, this Lord. area, Pennsylvania uh, or something. <laughs> yeah, different fucking hobby, dude. Children, children of man. Yeah, all right. Just uh, opportunity there. The illusionist, Dick Pope. Dude, I love that movie. Yep, mm. and then the Prestige, Wally mm. Fister. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still thought it was funny those two movies came out in the same year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? The Illusionist and Prestige, because they oh, were both okay. like magic uh, mm-hmm. movies or mm-hmm. Illusionist movies. I say I like the Prestige. I like the Prestige better as an entertaining film. I still think the Illusionist is a better film. Film. Hmm. Mm. Fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Best makeup goes to Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, of course. Academy Award. <laughs> Duh. Best costume design goes to Marie Antoinette. <laughs> what? <Hold on. laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw the other thing for best makeup and click. <laughs> click. <nominated>. Yeah. <laughs> Apocalypto. Well, Apocalyptica was the Apocalypto very first movie sense. I ever saw on Blu-ray. Ooh. And I remember watching it and being like, holy shit. Movies have changed, you know what I mean? They look incredible. <laughs> but Click being on there is just, not that I don't like Click, but that was just funny for it to be up there. Yeah, I, there. Okay. I agree. <laughs> I also saw my first movie on Blu-ray from this year, so I'll mention that later. Nice. Okay. Nice. Uh, best film editing goes to The Departed, giving Thelma Schoonmaker her second Academy Award. Nice. nice. Well, this, this is only her second? Oh, now you got me questioning myself. Did so. she win for Aviator? Yeah, yeah she won, won for, for Aviator. Aviator. She won for Raging Bull, didn't she? She came back. Oh, yeah. So it is her third. You are correct. Okay, cool. You are correct. Mm, Who's the real media daddy? Yeah, (laughs) that's right. It's because Zach's wicked He's He just pays more attention than I do. Only when Uh, you're talking. And (laughs) best visual effects goes to Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, beating out Poseidon and Superman Returns. That's the best visual effects? How the hell? Yeah, that one's fucking... What did Superman Returns have? The fucking plane scene. That is wild. Like the plane the, scene when he lifts the when he lifts the uh, the island out yeah. of the ocean. That was pretty cool. Yeah. What, can you read that category again? I'm sorry. Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Man's Chest. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Poseidon: The remake of the Poseidon Adventure that, that by Wolfgang Peterson, and Superman Returns. That oh, is damn. wild. You're telling me pers- in this whole entire year, there's no other two movies that. Couldn't go in there with pirates than those two shitbag movies. I would have had the prestige in the I fountain. <laughs> um, I'm I'm looking at some stuff. Yeah, I'm looking down the list now too and going. That's I just mean, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess is that mostly? I mean, practical effects are still special effects, right? I guess that's why it went to art direction. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Pick of Destiny came out. 
that, that had some pretty awesome effects in there. <laughs> I mean, it's on par with fucking Superman Returns. So, hey, Superman Returns is a great film. <sighs> Gotta stop this. No, it's great. <laughs> stop this. It. <laughs> You're than... making him chew his lip off. I <laughs> Uh, say, I, it's probably like my third favorite Superman movie. Does okay. that mean it's the uh... Superman? Superman <laughs> Returns is a Superman <laughs> two of Superman. <laughs> or, the, or the Toy Story? It's the Toy Story four. It's the Toy Story four, four of, of, of Superman movie. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, all right, uh, our Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award. We got one tonight. Goes to Sherry Lansing. And our uh, honorary Academy Award goes to the great Ennio Morricone in recognition of his magnificent and multifaceted contributions to the art of film music. God, yes. God, yes. And we have a Gordon E. Sawyer Award tonight. Nice. Which is going to Ray Feeney. Mr. Feeney! I was waiting for it. Fucking Knight Rider. (laughs) Ray Feeney. Uh, earned a Bachelor of Science degree in Electrical Engineering from the California Institute of Technology and began his career with Robert Abel and Associates, where in 1976, he helped develop one of the first motion control camera systems for which he received in 1988 an Academy Award for Scientific and Engineering Achievement. Yeah. A second Mm -hmm. Academy Award followed in 1991 for his work on the Solitaire Image Recorder. 1994, he received two more, one honoring his work in developing film input scanners and the other for the development of the Cinefusion blue screen extraction technology. Mm-hmm. 2001, the Board of Governors... Oh, that's just the... Uh, he, he invented no, the, no. the solitaire effect when the cards jump off the screen. Yeah, yeah, and they, they like make that little row of cards. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, 2001, the Board of Governors of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences awarded Ray Feeney the John A. Bonner Medal of Commendation for his pioneering efforts to improve visual effects in the motion picture industry. Mm -hmm. This is one of the few times we've gotten to uh, talk about somebody, their achievements after the Gordon Sawyer Award, because most of our guys retire or die. (laughs) (laughs) So Ray, still kicking. Uh, in 2008, he received the Visual Effects Society Founders Award, of which uh, the Visual Effects Society, he was a founding member and at one point the president. Uh, mostly, And this says, most recently, Ray was inducted as a 2012 Visual Effects Society Fellow and accepted a 2012 Engineering Emmy on behalf of the Academy for the ACES Project, where he co-chairs. I don't know uh, what any of that means. So, but it sounds important, <laughs> damn it. Science rules. That <laughs> just means this guy's picking up awards, and that's that's the important part here. Uh, he also uh, founded RFX in 1978 to provide leading-edge scientific and engineering solutions for the film industry. Uh, RFX, he helped to pioneer and implement numerous new technologies, many of which have become industry standard techniques and are currently in use uh, to produce visual effects for feature films, television shows, and commercials. In the 1980s, RFX became one of the first resellers of silicone graphics computer systems. RFX quickly became the entertainment industry's leading independent systems integrator and serves a clientele that includes the industry's top film studios, post-production facilities, and special effects houses. Uh, I could keep going on. He's got quite a list of commendations. 
But we'll leave it there. And that is Ray Feeney, Gordon E. Sawyer Award winner and hero to all. All right. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about this movie. This movie. So, uh, this movie's wicked fucking awesome, right? Yeah, this movie fucking <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like, kicks down right. the doors and kicks your dog. <laughs> See, there's nothing this movie doesn't have at all. There's yeah. one thing it doesn't have, and I'll mention that later. Mention <laughs> it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have... The album version of uh, Comfortably Numb. That's okay. So they have the live from Berlin version with just Roger Waters. Yeah. And I had that cassette. And I heard the first time I saw the department, I was like, well, what are you about to go? No, no, no. Go, I, I want you to finish. Okay. Because I remember I, I used to listen to that tape all the time when me and Paul were working at uh, Pizza Hut. And I specifically remember hearing that version. So. What were you going to say, Paul? No, I'm you know who's backing up Roger Waters? Is that the Michael Bolton one? No, no. Okay, no. The, Michael Bolton does. Um. Oh God, what is it? It's not. It's uh the one that got cut from the movie, and it's blanking right now. Uh, uh like the best song, but the fucking shit they filmed was kind of crap. What got cut from the movie? Like if anyway. you think, like if yeah, if you think of like really popular Pink Floyd, the Wall song. Wish you were here. No, that's not no, oh, it's... the Wall. Uh, I mean, another brick in the wall. And then right. there's uh, Run Like all. Hell, and <laughs> that's in the movie. Yep, it's Which, yeah, the Life right. from Berlin movie. I haven't. I was... right, anyway, yeah, go ahead. The the group of musicians backing up Roger Waters on this version is the band. Wow. Oh. Oh, oh okay. Robbie Robertson of the band uh-huh. curated the music for this movie. Okay. Oh, <laughs> what a dick. Okay. Gotcha. For for some reason, that scene bothers me because it's that version. It, it's like, why would you have a live version? Uh, and it, but anyway, now, that's the, now you know why. Thank you. <laughs> There's some clarity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. That's now, literally this, my only complaint about this movie. <laughs> yeah, this this movie rules. <laughs> it, it does. One of this is gonna be one of these hard to talk about films. It is one of, one of the more tense films I'd seen at the theaters at this point in my life. It just, it doesn't let up, and I mean, you know, I understand Leo uh, not wanting to compete against his co-stars, but this is, I think. One of his best performances. <laughs> he's oh, so yeah. good in this movie. Uh, The song, by the way, that was cut from the wall was "Hey You." Oh, okay. Oh, you okay. Okay. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, the deleted scene on the DVD is yeah. really bad. It was. <laughs> well, that's why it's deleted. Yeah, which sucks yeah. because that's one of the best songs on the album. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. I uh, weird opinion. I don't really care for that album from them. I'm going to go no, ahead and cut Trav off okay. from uh, <laughs> it's, it's nowhere everything. near it's nowhere near their best albums. I, I don't it's just their most successful album that everybody goes to. It, it's it's a good starter album. Yeah. yeah. Like if if you want if you want to end to Pink Floyd, especially <laughs> the Roger Waters yeah. led era, mm-hmm. that's a really good starter album. Yeah, I'm not going to jump somebody straight into Animals. Yeah, oh, can't go listen no. to metal. Yeah. It's like, here you go. Here's the final cut. What? Yeah. 
Start off with Shine On, you crazy diamond, for 20 minutes, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Shine On, you crazy diamond, is my Lord of the Rings where I have to go, do you guys know what this fucking song is about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, Let welcome back to Pink Sid Floyd Talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, right. So first off, I am going to say that the Massachusetts accent is probably one of the most unattractive accents in the history of anything. And I'm oh, happy Jack didn't out. do it as much. <laughs> um, as oh, somebody no. who's from New England, like, listen, I've, I've heard it. And every now and again, a little bit of New England comes out of me, but it is never as fucking gross and unattractive as the Boston accent. It is, oh, dude, you're tripping. Uh, <laughs> dude, just, every uh, time I hear it, I go, <sighs> <laughs> like all I can think about is it was either from Ted. I think it was Ted. who's like just uh-huh. imagine a girl. Oh, hada, hada, hada! Like no, come on. My oh. uh, father-in-law is from Massachusetts or New Hampshire, and uh, he's he's got the accent. And my mother-in-law grew up in Malden, Massachusetts. Spent her weekends in Boston, mm-hmm. and it comes out when she gets angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that being said, I'll still fucking listen to it all the damn time because it makes for it's, it's not taste. attractive, but God damn, it sounds cool. <laughs> it's just it's so aggressive. <laughs> and yes. uh, it's, the it's, German... it's in a movie where everybody I was is saying, yeah, it's the go, American go go accent. accent. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> uh... mm. Oh, God. Uh... So. <laughs> so. so. So, so what can we talk about for a two and a half hour movie that's this good? Though? Like that's the trouble because oh, dude, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's, let's, let's just pick, yeah, go on, Tram. Let's talk about how much better crime movies are in Boston than they are in New York. Let's let's talk about mm. that. Mm. All right. So yeah. so here's the difference. You get a New York crime movie, you get the higher ups, you get the guys on top, yeah, like the, the guys wearing suits. You get the Boston ones, and you're getting the guys the gritty. at the bottom. It's gritty. Yeah. So there's the a difference. Fucking in the two. dirty. Uh, <laughs> it's corruption on top of corruption. You know, again, you got the accents. You know, they're dropping any sort of slurs you can think of. Yeah, yeah. These yeah. people well, are like, shit, man. That's, they are absolutely that's shit. Joe. Joe Tapia was uh, texting me. He was watching this movie this week, and he was like. This movie racist? And I'm like, it's not racist. It's no, accurate that's... depictions of Bostonians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which they do not consider themselves racist. No. Yeah. No. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say up front here, I'm I'm gonna make a conscious effort not to compare this directly to Infernal Affairs, because that's what we're doing on tomorrow's episode. Right. That's right. So I'm gonna Yeah. Um but I'll just say, you know, transferring this from that setting to Boston works so well. It does. It works so wonderfully. I need to watch it. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I really, I'm having a hard time thinking. Like, so I watched on the bonus of the Blu ray, they had a little bit about Whitey Bulger. So I guess mm-hmm. maybe we can. Yeah. So, so Jack is, right. uh, based on Boston, uh, right. mafioso Whitey Bulger. And bro, if you've yeah. never seen Black Mass with Johnny Depp, Directed it's by terrible. Scott Cooper. Oh, yeah. Don't watch it. No, it is it's fucking horrible. incredible. Uh, Johnny Depp is a cartoon character in that movie Dude, because Johnny he Depp is a is terrible actor. In this film. No, uh, Black Mass is incredible. And I, Don't I hope he Paul. disappears from life. This... <laughs> just for his acting. Just, oh. Wow. All right, well, now we're going to go off the rails. So let me ask you this because of the whole court scene and literally it's just no, a. Well, me, no, no, no. I want to ask you a question. Not. I want to ask you a question. 
when did Johnny Depp start talking like that? Like early 2000s? Literally you think? Pirates. Pirates, Pirates of the okay. Caribbean. Yeah. Pirates How of the Caribbean. His voice just changed. He got nominated for an Oscar for Pirates of the Caribbean. He's like, this is me now. I am Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> he doesn't and I'm a talk terrible like actor. Captain Jack Sparrow. No, he, he fucking talks... madonna himself. Yes, yes. That's what it feels like. <laughs> too that's what it too feels much like. booze, too many drugs, too much playing guitar, and he's just yeah, bought, wino, bought into his own forever. thing. But <laughs> cologne commercial. Anyway. Yeah. I, I would still like to see him team up with Marty, though. I, I think I, I think Marty would do a good job with Johnny Depp. I Absolutely. really I think Mar- Marty's such a good actor's director that he could take whatever Johnny Depp's horrible persona is these mm-hmm. days and do something with it. But I never right. want to see Johnny Depp in a movie again. So <laughs> uh, I'd be okay. If Are Marty you going to be torn? He's not going to know what to do. Yeah, I'll be all Natalie and Bruglia. <laughs> Speaking, speaking of remakes, oh god, uh, where what point were we making? Well, I got uh, okay, so no. I got Whitey another Bulger. point. Whitey Bulger, got, okay, oh yeah, okay, sorry, Dan, you finished that. <laughs> uh, which which I think is why we don't get a lot of like the heavy Massachusetts accent from Jack Nicholson because mm-hmm. Whitey Bulger doesn't really have that specific accent. All right. Sure. And it's funny, you know, Whitey Bulger was still at large during, you know, <laughs> the time this movie came yeah. out. Uh-huh. And yeah. it'd be another, what, five years before he was caught? Yeah. It's, it's wild. And, you know, it's the whole thing of uh, you know, a crime boss being the head of the neighborhood, and, and there's a certain respect that goes into it. But, you know, again, compared to, like, Vito Corleone, who who does good for the people, Jack's just out there for himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Like at no at no point is he even like pretending that he's protecting the neighborhood. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm here for your daughters and your drugs. He's like, you could give me the protection money, but I'm still I'm gonna fuck you over myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, Mark Wahlberg is really impressive in here. I I think this is (laughs) which is. But he's um, he's also the most cartoonish of everybody he, in the movie. He he's is. just but being I do Mark Wahlberg, though, so I wouldn't use the word impressive because this is literally but, Mark Wahlberg. He's a fucking asshole, and that's Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, he, Mark <laughs> Wahlberg a is a piece of shit as a human he's being. A, dude, he is. He's a complete fucking dick from Boston. But <laughs> but it it takes Marty to really like find a way to hone that properly because you know other people are around this time like trying to fit him into other movies uh-huh. and trying to like give him a, a nice guy image or a he- heroic oh, dude, image he's a, piece of shit. He's a Mark- racist misogynistic <laughs> piece of shit he <laughs> certainly is and marty marty's like i could hone that i could i could make that a thing and yeah sure enough <laughs> he's got like three movies uh, you know basketball diaries boogie nights and this where i'm like okay you know the director knows what they're doing with them yeah, yeah. Well, i'll say i really like him in lone survivor okay i haven't seen that so well you need to watch joe bell because he's incredible in it i know bell is that no it's a joke bell ice cream Do not watch joe bell it's horrible <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to decide if i want to go see father stew father stew i gotta see God. it but damn it the i'm not whole, expecting him to be good at it no the whole who purpose was, of that movie is so dumb this priest from boston like <laughs> the, the casting on that movie <laughs> the, the trailers are so weird i'm like what what is this <laughs> from it's a, mark Wahlberg as a priest that's all you need to know go see it he's like he's like hey Say five Hail Marys and three Our Fathers, you motherfucker. 
Wow. <laughs> Mark, wow. Mark Wahlberg <laughs> and Mel Gibson in the same movie. Say hello to the Holy Mother for me. It's the third time they've been in a movie together. Hold on, yeah. Mel Gibson's in Father's Stew as well? Oh, no, and second. I, yeah. I missed yeah. that. Jesus Christ, what are we both doing here? Daddy's Home 2. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I will say this. As much as Mel Gibson has become over the last 15 years just a complete piece of shit, he was so good at Daddy's Home 2. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I hate that I like him so much in that movie, but God damn it, he's Mel Gibson in that movie. That's he's in one of the of expendable shit. films, and I'm like, I hate you so much for being good at this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. He's the shit. Damn talented actor Again, and director. Braveheart's my favorite movie. I at least can recognize Mel Gibson's a piece of shit who knows plot structure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah. so, another thing. This movie is a. It just feel like it. It feels so Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's probably the most Scorsese of like. <clears throat> if you, if you were to take every director's like you know film that says this is who I am, I think The Departed would be a good movie. Most likely to yeah. be this yeah. is Scorsese as a whole. Like I want that. Thousand percent agree with that statement. This is this is forty years of a man like honing his craft into. The film that most represents I, all of his interests. I <laughs> yeah. legitimately feel like this is 1980 Martin Scorsese making a movie the way he would want to make a movie in 2000 and was it five? Six. Yeah. Six. Six. Yeah. 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 Incredible. You know, you got Incredible. that kinetic energy. Um, you know, Thelma's editing. Obviously, she deserved this Oscar. It's uh, gorgeously shot as, as to be expected. Some of the cuts, just like that scene of the cell phone uh, buzzing on the mm-hmm. coffee table. I remember watching that in the theater. I'm like, holy shit. I, how can a phone buzzing like that make me so anxious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I will say it was also a phone. That was the only moment in the entire movie that pulled me away from it. When Matt Damon is T9 texting in his fucking pocket. Right, right, right. Nobody T9 texted that quick. <laughs> oh, Maybe you didn't have a girlfriend in the T9 Texan era, but I no, assure no, you, sir. Because I can assure you that when I got the call from Paul for the $400 bill I got from the girl that I was seeing, because uh-huh. she kept texting me, I say, hey, don't fucking text me. <laughs> Only after nine on weekends. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, it was before any time minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got the inside the pocket shot though. Oh, it was like the, the minutes the were fine, shot. but it was when text started to become a thing, and then but they were charging like ten cents a fucking text and two she cents to up receive. a bill of four hundred fucking dollars. Yeah, wild. And how is yeah, yeah, yeah? I think Bauhaus is so, so in the fucking oh pocket of this movie. God, God he, everywhere. Jesus. And he, and somehow he still he feels a little more restrained than his work with Marty in the eighties. Yeah, it's still so kinetic and still so frenetic and oh, it's right. everywhere. Yeah, but it's like uh, steady frenetic though. It's like mm-hmm. it's not like shaky or anything. Where sometimes he he's never really been a shaky cam, but he's had more swoops and stuff. And this is more like mm-hmm. quick and, and and precise, which which again fits the film because we got you know police and gangsters in this colliding world of whatever. <laughs> so I was kind of bummed uh, that Brad Pitt didn't end up getting an Academy Award for this because he was set to play Damon's character. Oh. And he dropped out to do Babel. 
Mm. Fair. And uh, but he stayed on as a producer, and his Plan B Pictures uh, Entertainment, whatever, stayed yeah. on as the as the one of the production companies. Okay. And when you when you look at the uh, the Wikipedia, Brad Pitt, Brad Gray, and Graham King are all listed as the producers, and Graham King's the only one that walks away with the trophy. Hmm. Is that because of? the like changed rules about producers or how many people you can put on it or did they just kind of but i mean you can you can get three that's three yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. why why only graham king hmm uh thus apparently he wanted tom cruise to play leo part oh how so no. did. all right so here's the thing Brad Pitt I, did? no uh uh scorsese, scorsese did oh scorsese wanted cruise to play See, I, I mean he hasn't worked with him since color of money He's a good actor, but I think he would be too old for this role. Okay, so but the, here's the thing: against Brad Pitt, that I think aging it would have thing again. Here we go. Mm-hmm. But I think <laughs> Brad Pitt against Leo, it would have you would have felt that age difference. I think the fact that these were mirror characters, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Matt Damon and Leo, were very much like you know, look at the very least, look in their early twenties. Like you know, Matt Damon needed to look like he just came out of like school and stuff like that right. yeah yeah and not not to steal too much from tomorrow's episode but i think if you work with the infernal affairs timeline uh-huh uh, that mm. makes a lot more sense true i i, yeah, I, I, I could see pit and Cruz playing against each other but not yep. pit and leo so. no definitely yeah. not yeah uh but uh i forget why Cruz drops but he drops and or maybe oh, so even when interested. Pitt dropped, he was still going to keep Cruz, even after he brought in uh, uh, Matt Damon. I don't know how the timeline works, but I know that he wanted Cruz and Pitt. So mm. once once the two of them are gone, he brings Leo in and uh, Damon comes in with him. I think Matt Damon's really good in this because... Yeah. Anytime Matt Damon's playing a Boston character, he's just going to be good. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. But Leo is on another fucking level of... Dude, when... And we haven't even dived into scenes of the movie, so I want to start kind of touching on that. But yeah. when... um, What's his name? Uh, Frank has, like, the hand in the bag. Mm-hmm. And you see how fucking distraught Leo is. Like, he's on the verge yeah. of tears. He's shooken. Like, you really feel like there's a fucking real dead person's hand in front of him you know what i mean lee i know we talked about how good he is in the aviator but this is fucking even another level in my opinion yeah he's he's really firing on all cylinders yeah like three movies now with marty and they're he's he's incredible in all of them yeah and matt damon's one of those guys who uh like i like him but i never get excited when i see his name on a cast list it's like Mm -hmm. okay matt damon he'll be he'll be solid it depends who else is involved for me gotcha. to get excited about Mandy? I, I, I feel that. Yeah. I'm with Zach where it's just like, oh, Matt Damon. Yeah. Cool. I, I get more excited when Matt Damon randomly pops up at the end of a movie. <laughs> or, <laughs> where, it, or in the beginning of a movie. Like yeah, or, yeah, or Euro Trip. Um, <laughs> or Euro Trip. Applesauce, <laughs> bitch. Yeah. Yeah, when when he shows up at the end of like uh, Interstellar, and you're like, "Oh fuck, uh, Matt Damon!" Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, what's the uh, no sudden move? The oh yes, uh-huh. the HBO Max uh, Soderbergh film from last year. Mm-hmm. Mm. He just shows up like really randomly at the end. You're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. I mean, still, dude. When I think, I think it was, I think it was Ragnarok where he did the Loki. Yeah. 
But yeah, Loki. when I saw yeah. him yeah. as Loki yep. doing the play, I was like, holy shit, it's Magneto. Which, of course, he was Loki in Dogma, so that's, yeah. a, that's a great inside <laughs> joke there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's going to be in the new Thor, too, doing that same cameo. So I hope talking? so. Oh, God. I hope Sam Neill's Sam Neill's back is Thor Odin. Yeah, but I think Damon works really well in this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, clean cut, uh, somewhat <clears throat> boring dude. Um, and you know, it's interesting the whole uh, insecurity and the uh, you know homosexual undertones and thing that run through the film. Um, you know, him slinging slurs left and right at people and. Mm-hmm. That's it's a Boston a, thing, though. Yeah, I'm, I was going to ask you guys about that because it was like two years ago where he be, he was under fire for his constant use of the f word. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like there's no excuse for it, of course. But it's just a Boston thing, dude. Like, yeah. yep, they're throwing I, I, that slur. <laughs> yeah, I think sh- I I remember a Doug Stanhope joke. <laughs> He's like, "It's such a good word. I I don't mean it offensively." It's like I'll. I won't complete the joke, but he's like, I'll do anything you want me to so I can keep using that word just because it's so mm-hmm. it hits. Yeah. It, 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 it packs an impact. And yeah. it's, it's a terrible slur. But uh, apparently it was Matt Damon's choice to have his character be impotent in this film. Okay. Mm. Uh-huh. Because uh, it juxtaposed Frank's like hyper virility. Right. Yeah. yeah, which I think is just a smart thing to do as an actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that that makes me appreciate it even a little bit more because again, you mm-hmm. go to the and Vera uh, is it Vera Farmiga? I never know how to pronounce it. Vera Farmiga. Okay, she's always fucking incredible. But, always. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know they make the little mention about accent. The, <laughs> you know it happens all the time, and then you know and Zach brought up the big black dildo when he's in the theater watching this kind of movie, like. It's super subtle. It's like they don't point no, it out, not. but it's there. But <laughs> it's subtle in the sense of if you don't know what they're doing, you don't know. They don't flat out have a flashcard telling you this is what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Just read so, here that uh, the Rizzo was supposed to play Anthony Anderson's role. Oh, man. I love the yeah. Rizzo. Yeah. yeah. yeah I love seeing Anthony Anderson randomly in quote yeah. unquote serious films, you know, like these yeah. big yeah. films like this, because he's really, really good. He is. He is good. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, that scene on the roof where he says that may be, or you, or you might. It always makes me laugh, unfortunately, because the, the the squeak in his voice. Yeah, yeah. And I like. I just I don't know that line actually hit me. Kind of, I was like, he's like, all right, cool, and no, <laughs> and you know, and that's that's a thing that Marty's always done is put comedians in his film to kind mm-hmm. of like ease audiences a little yeah. bit yeah mm-hmm. like just kind of on a on, on a subconscious level it's like oh anthony anderson's here it can't be all bad right now right yeah and then, right right bam <laughs> just just all bad sudden violence especially <laughs> on an anxiety driven ending like that where i remember the first time i saw that and you know when that elevator opens and he shoots fucking leo in the head i, w- I went holy shit i did not see that i don't yeah. If anybody says they saw that coming, they're a fucking liar. Like, yeah. Well, there's like, no way you saw that coming. I don't think oh. I saw it coming, but I did not see a good ending for literally and that's anybody. Fine. You could be yeah. like, I'm not shocked that he died. Right. Nobody saw the elevator yeah. opening and then boom, no. that was it. No. Like, like literally, you would have literally. seen for Infernal <laughs> Affairs. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and even then, I have to assume that if you had saw Infernal Affairs before this film, that. 
you would go, well, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Are they actually going to shoot Leonardo DiCaprio? Holy oh, fuck, right. they did. <laughs> I, yeah, so this is the scene uh, yeah, we're alluded to with Caitlin. When when Leo gets shot, <laughs> she, 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 I heard this her. This is like, twice now for her. I heard her gasp, hand to her face. And then when a uh, second dude gets shot, uh-huh. Shoot Anthony, Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson. I, I love that then, we don't know that guy's name. We just keep calling him that guy. <laughs> you want to know what his name is? Yeah. yeah especially on IMDb. Brown. Brown? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, then Mr. Brown. Her hands went Mr. from Brown. her face down to her thighs. Like, she slapped her thighs. And then when... uh, she do a super kick? <laughs> 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 yes. And then when Damon shoots the other rat, uh-huh. she that's when she stood up and she's just like, I- I'm done. And then she walked out to the hallway <laughs> and I sat there. I'm like, holy shit, where, where, where are you going? This is incredible. And um, after like five minutes, I looked back and she was standing over like around the corner with her arms crossed. <laughs> that's so wild. But she, but she watched the rest of the movie. But yeah, yeah. Uh, to this day, I still get anxious coming out of the elevator, though. Like it's, <laughs> Martin's traumatized this he, he man has. for the rest of his life. I'm not that's that's why I take I take the stairs every day at work. <laughs> I too I, have an elevator fear. Bro, the fact that me and Paul are belly laughing at Zach's trauma right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's just a running theme on the podcast at this point. Oh, Jonathan, you God. said you have an elevator fear. <laughs> yeah. My elevator fear though is because of and I'll be damned if I can remember the name of the show, but it was the Walter Brimley show from like the late eighties. Our house. Our house. <laughs> or and our home or what it, yeah. it, it was something like that. Oh, yeah. was and there was an episode <laughs> where they got stuck in an elevator or it fell a little bit and it was like I was like four or five. So since then. Yeah. And now, you know, I'm a larger guy, so I look at the elevator weight limits and go, eh, this is shaking a little bit. So <laughs> the, some, the some, fact that you think you're hitting close to the elevator weight limit, though, is hilarious to me. Like, oh, my God. We were when we were in New York, we had a small elevator at our hotel uh-huh. and then I had like a max weight limit. And I was just like, I'm like four of those. Uh, I'm like a quarter of that weight limit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I have to have a, a cart, and I have to take it in the elevator, and I'll I'll position the cart where I can like come out <laughs> of the elevator. <laughs> I would love to see the door open and hear Zach behind the fucking cart. Oh lord, it's, it's there. I, I'm actually shocked. I don't have an elevator fear because when I was going to a VCU, the dorms we lived in were uh, it was 11 stories, and Jesus. the elevator broke down. Like at least bi-weekly, Ooh. minimum. Damn. Got stuck in it at least three times. Yeah, I've never been stuck yep. in an elevator, but it's God. the worst. It like in an elevator. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Who else? Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jack Nicholson's amazing in this. Too. Oh my yes. God. Oh God. My, my I mean, God. <laughs> every time I see Jack Nicholson in a movie, I go, no wonder why it's fucking Paul's favorite actor. He's just. <laughs> So, and I I cannot tell you why he's so good. I really can't. It's literally everything. The way he says stuff is just they're meant to be said the way he says stuff. I don't. The know. The thing is, when it comes to Jack Nicholson, and I feel like this is him in literally every role ever. It always feels like he's not taking the movie seriously. Absolutely but that's not. the fucking character. <laughs> 
But it always works. Oh right? my god, he's it's like, incredible. I'm just going to actively sabotage this movie while it's happening. But he makes it better. Yeah, he's just <laughs> yeah. so natural. I mean, he doesn't ever seem like he's acting. He's just there, never. just never. being. Just, I mean, not always, not always just being himself. I don't want to say that, but he's literally just like. Well, that's that's what I'm you think because thing. he's just so good. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, but but I mean, he take he took a character like the Joker and basically still was Jack Nicholson. Yeah, for yeah. Such a silly fucking character at that time because they went with Gangster Joker too, who was a little bit more toned down and a little bit goofier. And he was still like, I'm still going to fucking Jack Nicholson this by not giving a fuck and just being me. And I, I love that he made so much money off that movie. He never needed to act again, but he right. still yeah. gave us performances like this. Yeah. And I still think his performance in Batman is like towards the bottom of his top 10 performances, in my opinion. Like, not, and that's an incredible performance. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that, that's how many performances this man that, had. That yeah. performance is so good. I decided that I wanted to be an actor when I was uh-huh. five years old. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't care what anybody says about Adam Sandler. Anger management and him and Adam Sandler together yeah. is magic. I magic. don't think I've seen Jack Nicholson not play well with somebody else. Never. Now, I've seen some movies I don't care for. Sure. Especially oh, yeah. towards the end of his career. Like oh, Bucket, yeah. List Bucket List with Morgan exists. Freeman. Yeah. yeah, that movie yeah. is hot Terrible. garbage. Awful but film. I never watch it and go, okay, Jack Nicholson's lost it. Never. No. It just, the rest of the film feels like it's phoning it in. Yeah. So he's just at the level of the film. Yeah. And then, yeah. again, we talked about it on Aviator. I don't, what is up with all these pieces of shit that are just so good? Alec Baldwin is so good. So in good this in this movie. movie. And he is just complete scumbag. <laughs> just, I mean, that hurts me. Yeah. Uh, like another scumbag like you. Nail him in, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, <laughs> Aviator, this. Martin like, Sheen's incredible in this, too. Yeah. Oh, God, oh, yeah. no. Martin yeah. Sheen is so fucking good in this movie. Oh, Another man. scene when, you know, he falls from the uh, thing. It almost hits Leo. The, it splashes up on Leo. You would really think that they dropped a body on this man, the yeah. way that he acts. <laughs> Fuck. The way he does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. R.I.P. that beautiful head of hair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, man passed on some great hair. Uh, good man. Good oh, man. Right. <laughs> well, does anybody have any additional notes on the movie? Uh, uh, this movie rules. Oh, can it's I? So good. I want to say the ending too. When you know Mark Wahlberg kills him and leaves, and they're still panning to the window, <laughs> and they have the rat. It was a little heavy-handed. I don't think it was meant to be a metaphor. I just think that... But it's the church in the background for me and just knowing Marty. That's that's the state house. Yeah, state house. Oh, state house, whatever. Like It was super like retro gangster movie type stuff. But it also it's also a callback to earlier in the film where Jack Nicholson's drawing that. Yeah. He's Mm. got the state house with like Mm -hmm. the whole bunch of rats climbing on it. Mm -hmm. So it... I think it's a fine callback. Yeah. It's fine. It's, a, it's, it's not. It's definitely like. It's a better ending than the Aviator. Let me. If say I had that. a nickel and dime this movie, like Zach likes to do, on a Critiker, it'd mm-hmm. be like a ninety-nine point five, just because that one shot is a little much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Paul, question for you. Okay. Well, hold on. We got, oh, I got one note. Unless oh, uh, oh, I also have a note. So go, Zach. So, well, it may be the same note because. I briefly mentioned in the chat 
you know, Paul, you've been keeping track of best picture winners that mention other best picture picture winners. Oh yeah, okay. No, it's not the same note. Go on. I missed. Uh well, Alec Baldwin, uh, where he's I think he's talking about um Frank Costello's mom. He says he's she's straight out of going my way. You're right. He does say that. Indeed. And I completely forgot that film won Best Picture because it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that film is. It's it's the one with Spencer. And I, pr- no, I edit this, I edit this Cros- podcast every week and then forgot yeah. what this film is. Yeah, it's Bing Crosby's the, the priest 40s. that takes over the boarding school. Uh, yeah. yeah. So th- you're saying that this is fucking 60 episodes ago or yeah. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel so bad now. Um, 61. Yeah. I need a... I need to add that into my letterbox my, uh, list. Letterbox list. Hell yeah. Um, my note was apparently Martin Scorsese when William Monaghan when they got him William Monaghan's script didn't realize uh-huh. this was a remake and refused to watch Infernal Affairs until he was done shooting the movie. Absolutely. Marty, oh, nice. Marty refused to watch it until they, he was done shooting the movie. He didn't oh, want to be influenced by it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Oh, okay. Well, which, bring up some which I respect. Yes. Yeah. And I also can see that now because when you look at how those two films are shot, and we'll get into that more tomorrow, that they're com- they're different. Yeah. Really different. And then there it goes because there's no influence for Marty. Like he's just doing no. his thing. Yeah. And as as an actor, it's, it's always a big thing. We whenever you cast somebody in a play that has a really popular adaptation, mm-hmm. you you generally try to discourage your actors from watching the originals or the, the popular adaptations or whatever, so that, that they bring something of themselves to the performance instead of trying to emulate what they saw in the right, movie. Right, right. All right. Excellent. Well, Paul, is this movie in the library? It is not. Yeah. Wow. Unfortunately. How? Honestly, uh, I'm looking at this year of 2006. Well, I guess that makes sense, yeah, because it's 2016 plus, what, four, five, six, so... Six, it, yeah, yeah it, it's, and it's been another, 16 I years. I don't know if the Library of Congress uh, lets their personal buy. I, I'm sure they do. You know, if something that speaks negative to the FBI or law enforcement or whatever, they might not, you know, put it in the Library of Congress as much. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, it but, depends. Uh, is the inconvenient truth in? <laughs> uh, no, but there is only one film in, and it is only a, it is a documentary. Um, I am going to go. You're not going to guess it. It's not in the best pick or best documentaries now. I don't fucking know. Uh, 2019. <laughs> I'm going to say 2018, and it's a documentary about coal mining. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. I'm just going to say 2016. Okay, who, you said uh, Zach was 18, Trav was 16, Jonathan, you were 19. Uh, uh, our movie is Mauna Kea, Temple Under Siege. So it is and about it, coal mining. I don't <laughs> believe so, but we could, <laughs> we'll pretend it is. There is no hyperlink to this on Mauna Kea. Wow. Uh, on crazy. The, uh, the Wikipedia. But it went in in 2020, so Jonathan wins the prices right. Hey! Uh, how, there you go. How did Mauna these Kea. movies get in? They just paid. They just, just fucking dartboard. It must be historically significant. I wonder if that's like Central America or something. Or... It doesn't even have a hyperlink. It can't be that historical significant. <laughs> There's n- nobody's talking about it. It doesn't even have Wanna a page Kia. on the internet. Wanna Kia. Wanna Kia. Uh, All right. I feel like if you don't have a Wikipedia, 
you know, you're not significant enough to be the fucking Library of Congress. <laughs> so, all right, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna give you an interesting note Ooh. before we move on. Okay. All right. We are at 2006, okay. which means we only have seven, eight, nine, and ten. So we have four more years of this segment. Uh, this segment. Sure. There are only four films left. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I am not surprised. And, and none of them are best picture. They're all documentaries. They're all documentaries. Uh, all documentaries. <laughs> Without hyperlinks. Wanakia. <laughs> okay. A dormant volcano on the big island of Hawaii becomes a, bitter, a subject of bitter feud between scientists who want to use it as an astronomical observation and native Hawaiians who consider it sacred. It's a TV movie with a 5.8 out of 10 with 33 ratings on IMDb. That, that's Jesus such a Christ. small little so, so thing historic to win. So needs to be in, in there. Got it. Interesting. Well, I don't know how much Pacific Islander representation is in yeah, so. that's the National Film Registry off the top of my head. So, good, so they good, decided good. to put in a horrible ass documentary that most people did not find good. Got it. <laughs> well, the important Thanks. historical point, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, I'm very excited to reveal these last, last four movies because it's weird. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, uh, all, right. all right. Well. Uh, let's do a quick Razzie breakdown. And I'm so excited. This is my first Razzie. No, it's my second. But Jonathan wasn't here. So it's my real true Razzie. Your true yeah, Razzie. Yeah. Right, yes. right, right. Okay. Well, uh, give Pop you the your first raspberry. one. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Uh, fuck. All right. Worst picture goes to. Basic Instinct 2. Oh, Basic mm. Instinctor. Yeah. They already don't like her anyways. So, so this was easy pickings. You say that, but what it beat was Blood Rain. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, another Uva Bowl film didn't win. God yep. damn it. <laughs> uh, Lady in the Water, which I don't think deserved to be. I, I, don't, think it, I, I love, don't think it should have been. I love I like Lady movie. in the Water. Like, yeah. that's it. That's uh, off air, we talked about where films start getting bad. That is a solid two and a half for me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I put it out of three. Um, yeah, lady, or not, sorry, uh, Little Man. Who? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's it doesn't the, uh, have uh, Gary Oldman in it, does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the one where, that's the one that uh, is oh, Marlon yeah. Wayne's is the oh, little yeah, person. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. The one that they make fun of in Funny People with Adam oh, Sandler. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the last one was The Wicker Man. Enough to breeze! God, I haven't seen that there movie it since it came out, dude. <laughs> All right. Uh, worst uh. actor goes to Marlon and Sean Wayans for Little Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, worst actress goes to Sharon Stone for Basic Instinct 2. Worst supporting... I, yeah. I mean... I don't like that Sharon Stone is one of their punching bags, but it's that's one of those this ones where it's one. like, yeah. If if <laughs> if she wasn't such a punching bag up to this point, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, and give that to her. But it's just the picking on her. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the rest of them is like Hillary Duff, Lindsay Lohan, uh, Chris Hillary Duff. <laughs> so, and so teenage Simpson. girl movies is what they pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. like yeah. what yeah. are we Blood doing Ray. here? I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, I fucking fuck hate that. these people so much. Shout oh. out to women's health. <laughs> so this one actually pisses me off because this is... I agree, Zach. 
worst supporting actor goes to M. Night Shyamalan, which fucking whatever. It's who was nominated. Okay. Granted, the movies. All right. So Danny DeVito. Well, you didn't say what he went in for. Uh, Lady, Lady in the Water. He was the writer. He he was essentially like, I'm going to cast myself as the most important person in this movie. <laughs> I didn't even know that was an M. Night movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's M. Night. Oh, yep. And okay. he, plays, he, he plays himself. Yep. <laughs> uh, I can't even be mad at it. <laughs> it, is, I, it is so awesome. <laughs> I think I think his signs role was even worse. So, <laughs> like Mister X. Well, what's the what's the one with Mark Wahlberg? The happening. The happening. He's only a voice in the happening. Yeah, I know, but it's still like him. Him in glass is the fucking funniest though. Because if you remember in um, Unbreakable, he's the guy at the stadium who's like gonna bring in a gun or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they do like the increased thing and kind of chase him off. And then in glass, he shows up and he's like, Hey, I was going to shoot up a stadium, but you were there and you, you made me not shoot up. A stadium. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so the people that he beat were Danny DeVito and deck the halls. Oh, that's a terrible film. It is. Yeah. Ben Kingsley in blood rain. Ben Kingsley shouldn't be there, even though Blood Rain's terrible. Mm. Uh, Martin Short in the Santa Claus Three, the Escape Clause. Bullshit. Yeah, I call bullshit too. That movie is horrible, <laughs> but so good at the same time. And then, he's he's uh, wonderful in it. Oh, man, I always have trouble with this guy's name, David Thulis. Thulis. Yeah, for Basic Instinct Two and The Omen. And The Omen. And The Omen. I saw I saw yeah. The Omen in theaters. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, I didn't, but I remember that it came out on June 6th, 2006. Yeah, yeah it came out 666. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right, uh, worst supporting uh, actress went to Carmen Electra for date movie and scar- uh, scary movie four. Uh, so stupid. Like, these are spoof scary. movies. Why don't, what? Scary movie four was when they all just went super downhill. Like, they were all pretty well, bad, three, but Scary Movie 4 was the one where they started pissing out of their fingers. Like, yeah, come no, the fuck off. Three's on. already the decline, but four, really. I was saying, I don't like two. I, I think two's the worst one. Um, really? I, I think two's the best of the... I kind of think two is the best. I hate Chris Elliott. But I think it's because so I've yeah. seen two the most, because it came on Comedy Central all the fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, worst screen couple goes to Sean Wayans and either Kerry Washington or Marlon Wayans. Take one of them. Yeah, that's so stupid when they do that. Uh, worst remake or ripoff goes for Little Man for the ripoff of the 1954 Bugs Bunny cartoon, Baby Buggy Bunny. <laughs> that was just fun to say. There, hold on. There is no way they saw this cartoon and said, we're going to remake this into a movie. No. Yeah, well, we're really just... stretching for a joke <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, Wait, hold worst, on. What did it beat? <laughs> the Pink Panther. Oh, God. That's, a, that's an actual terrible remake. All right, yeah. go on. Uh, Poseidon. That's that another sucks, actual yeah. terrible remake. The Shaggy Dog. That's, I don't know what that is. Uh, eh, Tim it's, Allen turns yeah. into a dog. Yeah, that's Are you the serious? One with the, How yes. did this yeah. movie escape yes. my life? Tim Allen so, turned into a dog? Not only incredible. Not, not only does this horrible movie exist, but there's a poster for it that's just a dog head with uh-huh. human eyes. And well, it's horrifying. <laughs> isn't that what they did with Beverly Hills Chihuahua? They put mm. George on the head on of the Chihuahua head. for the cover? Oh, or am I imagining that? (laughs) I think you're imagining that. (laughs) That movie's Uh, horrible, though. That movie's horrible. 
And the That's last remake was The Wicker Man. That shouldn't be there. That film's hilarious. So, <laughs> best comedy of 2006. <laughs> uh, worst prequel or sequel goes to Basic Instinct 2. Uh, beating out Big Mama's House 2. That's not even the one. <laughs> That's no, not, not even the one. <laughs> Wikipedia has the one. Oh, it does? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Oh, God, Jesus. Fucking shit. I, I like the Garfield that. movies. Uh, yeah, you can't see the eyes. That uh, is weird. <laughs> that is fucking weird. Oh. More visual <laughs> gags for the audio medium. There you go. Um, <laughs> moving on. Worst director goes to M. Night Shyamalan, which makes zero fucking Whoa. sense. Because Uwe Boll, right fucking there. Uh, and then Michael Catton Jones for Basic Instinct 2. Ron Howard for The Da Vinci Code, which I like. The <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of no. sense. Come on. How did that no. not get nominated for more stuff? And then Keenan uh. Ivy Reigns for a Little Man. Uh, worst screenplay went to Basic Instinct 2. Basically the same people for the nominations. And then the worst excuse for family entertainment category goes to RV. Okay. Which, <sighs> yeah, by not that. good. Yeah. But yeah, that one was pretty bad. It beat out Death the Halls, uh, Trav's Bad Decisions, The Santa Claus Three, and The Shaggy Dog. <laughs> In all fairness, it's not like I'm watching Santa no, Claus Three year round, okay? No, I wasn't even fucking talking about the He was Santa talking Claus about 3. Garfield. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, dude, what's it called? I like those Garfield movies. I like both Scooby-Doo movies. I like the Scooby-Doo I'll give movies. you the Scooby-Doo movies. Those are I didn't say they were good movies. I said I like them. Even, I, I love you, Trev. I wasn't like I was putting up an <laughs> argument saying Garfield's no. an incredible movie. I just said I like them. I think Bill Murray even just was like, I mm. paycheck the guys. I, I mean, come on. <laughs> I just like that Bill Murray took the Garfield job from the guy that played Bill Murray in the Ghostbusters cartoon. Nice. Yeah. Lorenzo I mean, like a music. personal vendetta. Yeah. Let's play swapsies. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our Razzies. So let's go ahead and move on to our worsty judgments. Trev. Yeah. Does this movie deserve best picture? Hell fucking yeah, it does. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Hell fucking yeah, it does. <laughs> sure. Um, buy that for a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> what'd you say? Yeah, so I buy that, for, buy a that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it's I, no fucking Garfield too, but I mean it's a good movie. This motherfuckers gonna be Have you guys seen the Smurfs movies? Oh, great. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy the Smurfs movies. God damn it, <laughs> not the new hey, one. Smurf, you lick my ass. Yeah, lick my ass, my ass, bitch. Oh. <laughs> I also enjoy uh, Chipwrecked. Oh, Alvin, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, goodness. You're a good man. I am. I love you, Trev. I, I like, I like horrible 90s style movies. Underdog. Mm. Shout out to Flubber. Flubber. Yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Classroom sorry to detract here, right but there. do you guys follow Zelda Williams on uh, Twitter? No. I don't think no, I do. I've heard that she has a good Twitter. She's got a good Twitter, and apparently she posted this tweet about a couple weeks ago where she's like, listen, guys, please stop sexualizing my dad's movies like Flubber. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, 
what the fuck? <laughs> so, I had to like post a reply that was just like rule 34 blubber. And it's like, I'm about to hit enter. Am I going to make a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> One time for anything. Oh God. Maybe. No, maybe not. No, 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 just no. Um, yeah, I, I'm in agreement with Trav. No, Eric. Yeah. This movie deserves <laughs> best picture. Uh, I, I've seen Little Miss Sunshine. I like Little Miss Sunshine. It's a great yeah. movie. Um, very indie feeling movie because I think it was mm-hmm. an indie movie. But uh, yeah, it was Fox Searchlight. Yeah. So uh, Letters of Iwo Jima, I haven't seen. Babel, I haven't seen yet, but that was one that I definitely wanted to check out. Just haven't had a chance to. Um, but yeah, I, of course, this movie deserves Best Picture. I think it was a. Uh, <sighs> yeah, Marty needed something at some point. And it should have been like 40 fucking years ago. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's true. And then every time almost after Martin Scorsese is my favorite director. Like he, he, I don't want to say he can do no wrong, but God damn it. When he does right, he does right. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trav, is this the worst best picture? Oh, you're going to skip me and Zach on the, uh, uh no, I meant Trav. I meant, First off, I was looking at Zach and then thought about the wrong question. So I had to. This has happened before. Oh, yeah. Every time I'm on here. (laughs) I just, the guy has fucked up my brain. Like the second he goes, I don't like the Garfield movies. No, you know, no. You know what it is? It's because this ponytail was slicked back so tough that you thought I was. We got the glasses. I was Zach. He's got that shit so fucking tight that he wants to watch. That's right. I like it tight. All right. Garfield. Yeah. Question for you. Yeah. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? I'm going to do the thing. Do Um, the thing. Watch you do your thing. I've seen all these movies. It's been a little while for uh, three of them, though. So I have to rank kind of off memory, and I don't have a whole lot of comment. Otherwise, I'll leave that to Paul when he gets there. Uh, Of the others, I got The Queen at number four. Remember it being good. Uh, it's been the the subject matter has probably been bettered by some modern media, perhaps. Um, and I've got uh, Babel, which I also remember being very good. Little Miss Sunshine, I've seen multiple times. I, I it's a very sweet um, movie and lots of good feelings around that, and I and I dig it. Uh, Letters of Iwo Jima is incredible. Um. So that's my top of the others. I think we could have strengthened this best picture race, though. The the three that I feel really deserved nominees uh, nominations would be Children of Men, The Prestige, and Pan's Labyrinth. I, I feel like yeah, those are I, incredible films. I, I am 100% agree with you on that. Um, the Lives of Others won Best uh, International Night. For me, that movie is like almost as good as Pan's Labyrinth. I, I'm not mad at it winning because I watched that and that is an incredible film. Pa- Pan's Labyrinth, uh, one of the greatest films of all time, though. Um, I think United 93 was actually really good, too. Um, I don't know that it deserved Best Picture, but I just wanted to not, uh, mention it. Green, Ga- Green Grass got nominated for Best Director. That's right. That's right. So that that's good representation there. I think that's fine. Um but of course, you know, the best film of 2006 is The Fountain, the greatest film uh, for me personally. Uh, but no, uh, The Departed definitely deserved Best Picture. It's my favorite of the nominees. My might only be my third or fourth favorite of the year, though. The, those those top four with Children of Men, Prestige, and The Fountain 
and uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Those are those are some of my all time favorite movies, and they're just all incredible. But yeah, I'm I'm glad with the Departed winning. I I also kind of want to piggyback a little bit. Is I think Thank You for Smoking probably could have been nominated. Oh, as that's well. a, that's a fun film. Yeah, that's one I've never seen. Oh it's, God, it's, you really, like. It's Jason Reitman. It's Jason Reitman doing a lot of good work before he goes and ruins the Ghostbusters franchise. Mm -hmm. Somebody that we've talked to uh, doesn't like Aaron Eckhart. Who is that? Is it one of us? Uh, Jason Platt. Okay. Yeah. There Uh, you go. Which is that? Yes, on the Godfather episode. Yeah. Yeah. I should get get him back on here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah, definitely. Um, Good people. Yeah, but definitely see Thank You for Smoking because anything with J.K. Simmons to begin with is going to be awesome. True. Spider-Man smell sell cigarettes. <laughs> and then Sam Elliott as the Marlboro Man is like the world's most perfect fucking casting yeah. ever. So sounds pretty spot on to me. Don't like good cowboys. That's Sam pretty Elliott. good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> God. All right, Paul. Yes. Does this movie deserve best picture? All right. Uh before I get into the thing. I'm going to I'm going to talk about a couple movies. I I'm I'm just going to stay in these nominations because I think this is a pretty strong year for nominations of films. Mm. Uh, I hope you bring up one that I forgot, but I'm going to let you go cuz I'm tired of interrupting. Okay. Uh I think United 93 as much as I love Thelma's work on The Departed should have won best editing cuz it's so well edited. Mm. Uh also Children of Men is in that category in that film rules. Um I love Dream Girls so much. It's mm. so well done, and Eddie Murphy should have one best supporting actor. Uh, it's crazy that he didn't. Um, Prestige, great. What a what a great follow up to Batman Begins. Yeah, uh, I love the way that he starts the uh, one for them, one for me, mm-hmm. uh, and that his his one for me's are yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, Good Shepherd. Good Shepherd's a really interesting film oh. directed by Robert De Niro mm-hmm. um, that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was going to star in, but he dropped out to do this movie, and then he was replaced by his co-star in this movie, Matt Damon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Illusionist. Yeah. That's a good one. Blood Diamond's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah. Jaimon is so good in that movie. He's so good in that. You should so really see good. in America. I will. He's so good in that. Um, no sauna scandal. I brought it up earlier. No sauna scandal was great. It's mm. so good, and I I'm gonna say this. I think it's Judy Dench's best performance. Ooh, wow! It's she's so good in it, and she should have won for it. It's good. It's good stuff. I uh, love Monster House. <laughs> uh, Borat pops up in the uh, pops up in the screenplay nominations. That film is hilarious. It's you listen. Borat's one of those ones where I get my uh. Like secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, I think it's yeah. now been called cringe, but I get it's like a sympathetic embarrassment. Yeah, where I just anytime you throw like this is why I turn off the radio when I hear people call it. It's one of those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. So and Borat is just a film of that, and it's just it, it's it's it's. I love Sasha Baron Cohen. I really do. I especially love when he takes a fucking role seriously. Oh yeah, like the man is probably one of the best character actors ever um but just borat's one of those things where that god just do you remember when that movie came out <laughs> like just i had a glorious kazakhstan t-shirt fucking stop with the my, we, my wife yeah. my yeah. wife 
Uh, we, me and Leanne, went to go see it with Emily Williams. I have never seen a human being so embarrassed in their <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my. Okay. Uh, and I would be remiss to not bring up uh, Pedro Almodovar's Bolbert, which is great. Uh, Penelope Cruz, also very good in it. Hmm. Um, what what did you want to bring up, Jonathan, before I go in? A robbery. A uh, robbery. Most deaf should have at least been nominated for 16 blocks. Fair. Like most fucking deaf. seriously. Most deaf. Like it's it's not exactly the most rememberable movie ever, but most deaf is fucking phenomenal in that movie. Yeah, it's it's so weird that that's a Richard Donner film. Yeah. Um no, I was just sticking in in the the cat uh, the nominations. Fair. Yeah. All right. Now I'm gonna get into the thing. And the thing goes like this. Uh my number four is Babel, a film. All right. I didn't get to rewatch Babel this week, and I probably should have, but real-world things kind of kept me from watching a couple of the nominations because it just wasn't... I wasn't yeah. in the mood to be depressed. Right. Um, any more depressed than I already was. So I didn't rewatch Babel, but uh, I remember in 2006, I found that film incredibly boring, and mm. I thought Inyaratu was really leaning on his shtick at this point. Mm. Because okay. after 21 grams and Amortis Peros, it's just like, okay, we get it. Torrential heartache. So much fun. Yay. Uh, I just didn't like it. Sure. Um, my number three is going to be The Queen, a film I think is fine. Uh, Mirren's really good in it. I think Michael Sheen is incredibly sexy in this film. It's Tony Blair, and I'll never forgive him for being sexy Tony Blair. <laughs> Sure. Um, James Cromwell's excellent as Prince Philip glues himself to the, the diamonds. Yes. <laughs> uh, my number two is going to be little miss sunshine. And those three films, I don't think should have been nominated for best picture. Drop them all out of this category. Fair. Uh, pretty much half of the things that I just talked about. I would put I put Dream Girls in here. Or I'd put Notes on a Scandal or Borat. I I take them all <laughs> above these movies. I think Little Miss Sunshine's great and it's fun and it's cute and I love the ending, but I don't think it's best picture. Not even close. I feel like Aquila and the Bee should have been in there instead. Yes, Aquila and the Bee should have been in here. Mm. Much better film, but you know, racism. Yeah. So my that leaves my number one of the final ones to be Letters from Iwo Jima, which I think is a beautiful companion piece to the way less good Flags of Our Fathers, right? which is not a very good movie, um, but has a lot of really good performances in it. And Clint Eastwood, I, I don't know what happened between these two films where he was like, I'm going <laughs> to make this maudlin drama and then I'm going to make this incredibly epic war film as a companion piece to it. God damn, Letters from Iwo Jima is so sad and so hard to watch. And I could not watch it this week because I would have not functioned as a human being for the rest of the week because mm -hmm. it's just that good. And uh, not only not only is Eastwood using this as a companion piece to Flags of Our Fathers, which he releases in the same year, but Steven Spielberg produced it and used it as kind of a companion piece to um, to Saving Private Ryan. And a couple uh, years later, we get the Pacific, right, the HBO right. miniseries. 
Yeah, a great series. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Both that and Band of Brothers are just so good. Oh yeah, Band yeah. of Brothers really good. Yeah, so Letters from Iwo Jima is probably my top five of this year. That being said, yes, The Departed deserved Best Picture. It was my number one film of 2006. Hooray. For three weeks. Oh, for three weeks. The Pan's Labyrinth came Pan's out. Labyrinth, yeah. <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth is the greatest film of all time. But the Departed is so fucking good that even though Pan's Labyrinth is not in the category where it deserves to be because kick out Little Miss Sunshine, the Queen, and Babel, none of them deserve to be in there above Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth should be there, but The Departed is my number two. And as I always say, if it's in my top 20, I'm never going to be mad if it wins Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Yes, this deserves Best Picture. Nice. All right. Well, Trav, mm-hmm. is this the worst Best Picture? Come on, bro. No, hell no. That's <laughs> no. it, Marty. It's Marty. It's Marty. <laughs> no, no, no. That was the film from 1955. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, hey, 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 that film was actually called Marty. Fair enough. Um, I, I agree. This is not the worst Best Picture. Uh, this is my number five. Woo! Hell yeah. In between Silence of the Lambs and Schindler's List. Nice. And it <laughs> fought silence for a little bit. <laughs> like, and I was even like, so initially I had it in between, I had it underneath Godfather, because I'm like, do I put this above the Godfather? Like, can I? Like, as a person who enjoys film, can I put this above Godfather? And then I looked up, I was like, well, I have Braveheart and Lord of the Rings above it. So I think that fucking can go tossed out the window. So yes. Um, but it's so good. Yeah, definitely top five. Zach, is this the worst best picture? Come on, man. Hell Come no. On. Or whatever Trav just said. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. I don't even Come remember on. what I said. <laughs> Hell no. Uh, no, not at all. It's my number six. Ooh. Number nice. six. Behind uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King and in front of the apartment. Nice. Oh, nice. You know, both these films have apartments in them. So. <laughs> yeah, they sure do. That, that is Where true. People are shooting loads. And, and references to other best pictures. Yes. Yeah. Nice. There we go. I think we're just going to pass over the fact that he just said shooting loads. I don't get it. <laughs> Watch the apartment and it'll make so much more sense. But it is exactly what you think Zach would say. <laughs> uh, Paul. Yes. Is this the worst best picture? No. God, no. Come on, man. This is my number one one. It's my number 11. Number 11. Hmm. I love this film so much. Yeah. Honestly, I was expecting you just to be like, this is my number 16 or something. I, so I put it, I was going to put it in his top 10. <laughs> so it just yeah. missed this. I could not put it over Sound of Music. Yeah. I yeah. stared at Sound of Music so hard and I was like, why? Can't do it. I love Sound of Music so much. It's yeah. so good. Fair enough. And I have it right above the deer hunter. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, Trav, Mm -hmm. thanks for coming, buddy. Yeah. I I shoot my load everywhere. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Spread it all over. Yeah. yeah. Like jam. (laughs) Pearl jam. (laughs) Uh, God. 
Trev, what do we plug into that? Uh, well, you know. Your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. That's right. Uh, I'm not plugging anything. <laughs> oh. I'm, uh, I'm on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I'm on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K. You can also listen to me every Tuesday on the Love on Up with Benjamin Banks podcast and every Thursday on the Oscar Worsty special Thursdays. And you nice. know this week, your boy watched some horrible fucking movies thanks to Film Daddy over here. <laughs> and <laughs> I think The Legend of La Loreno... Whatever the, the fuck La, it's La Llorona. That one, that might be the worst. It's worse than Garfield 2, dude. I'm telling you right <laughs> is, now. It is that is, the one you gave half a star? I cannot tell you how horrible this movie <laughs> nice. is. And it's got Danny Trejo in it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I don't yeah. know why he's in this movie. Because Danny Trejo just Dia. Danny Trejo just takes paychecks. He loves them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that movie oh. is god awful. So, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, make a request from you because I'm hoping Banks is going to shoot his shot this weekend and try to get uh, Johnny Bosch on your fucking podcast. And uh, if that happens, I will fucking drive to Virginia if you do not call me and say, hey, get on the fucking computer. Just okay. saying. I'm hoping he tries. And if he does, well, if you get a fucking Power Ranger... And you don't call me, we're gonna fight. Well, look, just letting you know. And there's gonna be sparks coming off your chest. Exactly. You, Guys waving their when, arms like this. I'll tell you when we get off the air. Fair enough. Fair Woo. enough. All right. Well, my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitch, on the Twitters, and on the TikToks at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker at uh, Zachmaster, X A K K M A S T E R. TikTok at House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name, and Mr. Workman. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watch. And this week, I got to go to the theater to experience one of the finest theater experiences I feel I could have received, and that was Petite Maman. Oh, oh my God. 72 minutes long. I nice. cried through probably the last 10 minutes. Wow. Nice. It was gorgeous. If you get a chance to see Petite Maman, see Petite Maman. I feel like you just like saying that now. I love saying Petite yeah. Maman. I've been, okay. I've been adding it into songs all week because it's so much fun to say. Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, see that. And uh, Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching No Country for Old Men, which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Vudu, YouTube, Hulu, or stream on HBO Max. Oh, HBO Max. It's like so many weeks in a row. Yeah. I know. They're, they just seem to be carrying everything. Right? Scooping them up. All right. So we like to thank Trav. Hey, Trav. Thanks. Oh. For producing our show. Appreciate it. And since you already plugged your show, I'm I'm not going to do it a second time. Don't. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Woo! We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar Pod and on Facebook at the Oscar Podcast. 
And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Zach took my joke. Yeah, that's an inconvenient truth. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, for Trav, Jonathan, Zach, and Leo's piece of shit cousin, played by (laughs) Kevin Corrigan, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>